0: I saw a post on Facebook that was a photo of Cher and said, Turn back time, please share. C H E R, get it? Because that's what we did last night, or were supposed to do, and only remembered this morning, or forgot completely until some person or circumstance reminds us. It's me, Cindy. Turning back the clock's kind of weird, isn't it? One morning the sun's coming up at 7 a.m., the next day it's getting light by 6. Like magic, only dark magic, because one day the sun's up till about 5.30 and the next day, well, you know, plunged into the black of night. Another Facebook post from my sweet sister-in-law Mary said, I love turning the clocks back so it gets dark by 4 p.m., said no one, ever. I completely agree. But on the bright side, get it, bright side, it does give us something fresh and new to gripe about and provides us, at least some of us like Mary and me, with the great challenge of coping with living more of our day in darkness. Here's the perspective I try to hold on to. In Scandinavian countries, way north or way south, they go through months of mostly darkness, and at least we don't have to grapple with that. On the other hand, residents of Sweden will average about six hours of daylight through the winter, farther north even less, and get this, in Barrow, the northernmost town in Alaska, they don't see the sun for 67 days in the winter. The trade-off is that in the summer, the sun keeps shining for over 80 days of uninterrupted daylight, you won't see me moving to Barrow anytime soon. You can file that under fun facts to share. Here's another fun fact I was just reading about. With my great love of a hot cup of tea, I found it interesting and curious to read in a list of ways to get people to like you that having them hold a cup of hot something can move the dial. Now, first, I have to say it does seem rather manipulative to have to study things you can do as though you, with all your charm, that just wouldn't happen. But if you need extra tools to sway someone, studies back the fact that handing somebody a cup of tea, coffee, hot chocolate will make them like you more. It's kind of weird, right? I get maybe it would make them feel more cozy, welcome, comforted, but like you? Well, then I think if anybody handed me a piece of cake, I'd probably like them. So maybe it's worth considering. I don't think this one is worth considering. The list also included, speak in a higher pitch voice. This was apparently proven, air quotes around proven, from a study that had people listen to different voices say hello and then rated the perceived qualities of that person. Really? Hello. 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 Anyway, I think we can agree to toss that idea, unless, of course, you're Mickey Mouse. This one seems a little consciously manipulative. Mimic the person you're with. If they cross their arms, cross your arms. If they lean forward, lean forward. If they squish up their face, squish up your face. Psychologically, it appears mirroring, you know, copying body language, gestures, facial expressions makes that other person like you more. Maybe subconsciously, they get the feeling you two have so much in common. There's also letting the other person talk about themselves. Ask questions, let them answer. Not only are you being a good listener, and who doesn't like a good listener, but the other person will feel that you're interested, and maybe it even translates to them feeling more valued and appreciated and feeling better about themselves. And since you help that happen, well, why wouldn't they like you? The truth is, this is a good thing to do, even if you're not trying to get them to like you. The way I see it, not everybody's going to like you, or maybe that's just not everybody's going to like me. I've learned to live with it. But everybody has an interesting story if you take a couple of minutes. And it's worth asking the questions to hear what they've experienced. Like good books, it gives us a glimpse into lives that may be similar or very different from our own. Even stories related to turning the clock back. Here's one of mine. I remember back to the brief period of time that I was working weekend overnights at a radio station. Bad enough, I was completely alone in a deserted building with a lot of empty desks and chairs as though I was the sole survivor of some sort of apocalypse. But then at one o'clock... When I should have only had four more hours to bear before I could escape, I had to turn back the clock. I had to do that midnight hour over again, facing five more hours. I do believe that was the night that I had the full-force realization that working weekend overnights was not for me. For that matter, it's also when I realized maybe working on the air wasn't for me. But for the record, I'd like to thank Bob Buckman for giving me the chance to come to that realization It's not like you get to cue up a bunch of music you really loved and listen to it through what's usually a pretty sweet sound system. The truth is you spend most of the time with those speakers turned down so low you can only just barely hear that the station's still on the air while you're busy lining up what you'll play next, monitoring the clock and commercials, and planning what you're going to talk about in between the next sets of music. Don't get me wrong, it's not a grueling job. There's no heavy lifting, there usually isn't anything like a foreman breathing down your neck, and it is a climate-controlled studio. That said, it's usually colder than you'd have at home, but wearing a coat while you work isn't the worst imposition. It was years later I got invited back to work on the air. This one, thanks very much to Bill Edwards. This time it was mornings. I could do mornings. And while the station's pretty much empty at the start of the shift, you have co-hosts, and all those empty desks and chairs are pretty much filled in by the time you leave for the day. What's interesting, and relates back to time, is that when I would meet people, almost 99% of the time, the first thing they'd want to know is them. Oh, you work mornings? What time do you get up? Me. Uh, About 3.15. Them. Oh, my God! That must be hard! Or, how do you do it? For the record, it was hard. Every. Single. Day. And even harder, mornings after I'd gone all gutsy and adventurous the night before, going to a show or a concert or out to see friends. But mostly I was in bed and sleeping hard by 8.30. At first, I had this alarm clock that started out, beep. Beep. And if I didn't shut it off fast enough, those beeps would ramp up. Beep. 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 It both interrupted my sleep cycle and, if not silenced immediately, worked to kick in adrenaline as well. Nothing like an alarm clock that sounds like it's signaling an actual alarm. Get up! Get out! Danger! Danger! There is an alarm called the sonic boom. It not only has a powerful, extra loud alarm that sounds like, can you guess, a bomb going off, but it has built-in pulsating lights. And if that's not enough to get you out of bed, there's a powerful 12-volt bed shaker that you put underneath your mattress or pillow to be shaken awake. Too intense? How about the Ramos, an alarm that keeps on ringing until you get your phone, open the app, and shut the alarm off? The guy who came up with this says it's designed to be really annoying and really forceful if you don't do what it says. You can even program the app to make you exercise first, like having to do 10 jumping jacks before it'll signal the alarm to shut off. Yeah, like anybody, it's going to do that. But if you like the idea of having a little exercise to kick off your day and turn off the alarm, how about the clocky runaway alarm, which scoots around the house, I imagine something like a Roomba, only it's not cleaning on its way, and you have to find it to shut it off. (laughs) Yeah, clocky, where are you? But if you don't want to go through that early morning chaos every day, you can train yourself to wake up with the Pavlok not Pavlov, like the guy with the dog, but close enough, shock clock that trains your brain to learn when it's really time to wake up because you know a zap is coming. Oh my God, really? So you wake up in advance, so they say. The product description says you wake up alert, I say panicked, and ready to turn it off. And if you don't learn quickly enough or you really want to drive that lesson home, there's a multi-zap mode. Really, you're going (laughs) to sign up for that? They say it's going to guarantee you wake up. The description also provides the comforting, most shocking alarm clock users almost never get shocked. Good to know. I don't want to be shocked or stunned or hear bombs or have the bed rattle or have to chase that little stinker around the room to make it stop. I want to be gently nudged awake like my mom used to do when I was little. Honey, it's time to wake up. Not that, that wasn't also annoying. No offense, Mom, and I wasn't offended when I felt the same disdain from my daughters as I repeated the family tradition. Nobody wants to or likes to wake up before they're ready. That's why the best alarm clock in the entire world is the official light therapy product of the National Sleep Foundation. There's an endorsement that should tell you something. It's the Philips wake-up light, which very gradually begins to glow like 30 minutes before the alarm time, so your brain can start getting the subtle message that morning is coming. Clever, right? And you can set the timer to trigger radio or nature sounds. I opted for the birds tweeting for the gentlest nudge into wakefulness that I could find. Of course, on weekends, that meant that as soon as the real birds started singing outside the window, I was waking up. But it was a small price to pay not to be jarred awake with a bolt of adrenaline. So maybe now with the clocks turned back, it could be a little easier to wake up. For those of you who actually like it and cheer that we're getting that extra hour, I'd like to remind you, it's just one hour, one day, and we're going to have months ahead to face long, dark evenings. But I'm going to look on the bright side of it getting darker. I looked online for the bright side. I looked at the bright side of standard daylight time. I found nothing. But I did come upon this little gem of advice. You can, if you want to invest the money, buy a natural spectrum energy lamp. But if you don't want to spend any money and you just want to get some help sidestepping the seasonal blues, get outside in the sunshine for 15-20 minutes a day. It's all about hormones in your brain, but suffice to say, it's good for you. And since you and the family are going to spend more time indoors, presumably together, you could do family nights, playing board games, movies, maybe give each person turns picking what the activity would be. (laughs) Wait, what about playing hide-and-go-seek? I'll hide... You guys try to find me, and then you just slip out the door and go do something fun. If you have any ideas or thoughts or comments or questions or whatever, you can always email me at smeecindy, S-M-E-E, Cindy, at com. Okay, I better go make sure I did the evil time change on all the rest of the clocks. Talk to you later.